Hey, 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 good morning, everyone. How are you doing this morning? Do you take your coffee? You ready? I'm a little sleepy still, you know, but I am so glad to be here. My name is Avi Nunez. If you don't know me, I am the worship and vineyard Espanol pastor. So it means that you get Mexican today, you know. <laughs> it's not Tuesday, but, but it's Sunday and you still get Mexican. <laughs> so I'm so glad to be here with you today. As we finish, we end our series in the Holy Spirit Empowered. Do you like the series? Was that cool? We learned so much about the Holy Spirit and how he interacts with us and empowered us to live lives of healing, of empowerment, of a movement of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives that changes things. That was awesome. But we continue into a new series of the Holy Spirit called One Spirit. Say it with me. One Spirit. Spirit. When I hear one spirit, I think immediately these things. I don't know if it's correct, you know, I'm a little weird because I, I, I speak Spanish mainly, but I think about people coming together and doing the same things. I think of people coming together and having the same mindset. I think about people coming together and having like the same vibe type of thing, you know, the same energy that you are around them. And they are all in harmony and agreement. Do you think the same things when you hear one spirit? Or am I crazy? Yes or no? Yeah, right? We think that kind of stuff, but it's so difficult to get along. In this new series, we see the Holy Spirit with an intentional move of bringing all nations to one spirit. Look at our memory verse right here. We're going to be reading... Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 18. You should have a, a little card right there on your seat, you know, that little business card. Put it up, you know, so I can see that you got it. And it's also on the screen. For through him, we both have access to the Father by what? One spirit. We, we had the reading earlier, and we see how the Holy Spirit brought all nations together through the Holy Spirit. But how is he going to do this? How is God going to make people from different cultures, different languages, different walks of life, different professions, different status, different economies. Think about it. How is he going to bring all people together when the, our family doesn't get along sometimes? Does your family do that? I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a quick example. You know that I'm a Mexican, right? I've said it multiple times every time that I get on this stage, right? I married a Mexican-American girl. She lived across the border. But if you take a ride, you know, from where I grew up to where she grew up, it's only like 30 minutes tops. It could be 15 if, if the border was easier to cross, right? But we lived in the same place. Our parents come from the same city. They spoke the same language. They practiced the same religion as they grew up. These people were exactly the same. These two people get together, move in together, my wife and I, and then two other little Mexicans moved in. <laughs> Don't ask me how that happens, you know. Um, that's not the preach today, you know. But two little Mexicans moved in too. And they look like me, talk like me, and in theory should operate similar like me, you know, and my wife, because I'm raising them, right? 
But we get on a car on Sunday after all this, two services, three services, four services, including Vineyard Espanol. You know, we're tired. We're hungry. You know, we're ready to go. And in the car, you see my daughter's fighting. You just hear this yelling. She's looking at me and stuff. And I'm like, what's the big deal? You guys look alike. You know, it's like looking in the mirror. You know, what's, what's, what's that all about? They're like fighting. We're hungry. The little one says, I want a cheeseburger. The old one says, I want to go to the house and sit down. My wife wanted food yesterday, not right now. Like, she's hungry now, and I want to go sit down in a nice restaurant and just enjoy it. But we cannot make, we cannot come to an agreement. We're far away from being in one spirit. We're not doing it. Even us, that we come from the same family, same culture, same language, technically, same religion. I think the little one might be praising unicorns or something like that. I'm still working on that one, you know, pray for her. But same religion, same culture, same house, same everything, same country. And we cannot get along, along together. How is God going to bring all nations to come and be in one spirit? For my family, we have a trick. Say it with me. Uno. No matter how hard our day is going. No matter how much yelling in the car was going on, you know, no matter how much we're in different pages, we can sit down at the table at the end of that day, pull out a game. Normally it's this one because it's easy, you know, it's kid-friendly, colorful and stuff. You know, oh, uno is like, like joy and colorful uh, cards. It's, it's, I imagine whenever the rainbow came out in Noah's Ark, you know, like, Whenever God sealed the pact and the rainbow came, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah? it said uno. <laughs> because whenever we're playing this thing, uh, we're very on the same page. We're laughing, we're getting along, you know, for a little bit. You know, it's momentarily uh, uh, fixed, but it's something amazing. I think that all nations, the people that God is talking about, the people that we're talking about in Acts 2, when all the people from all different languages that have the same problem because they cannot get along unless that they have uno, unless that they have one spirit. This is my section of the message. It's always a section that is Dora moment where I teach you a word in Spanish. And uno literally means one. Uno means one. It also means one in Italian. But, I mean, I don't see a Gianna, 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 the explorer, you know. It's Dora, okay? So, we're going to go with Spanish right now. So, uno means one. We can come together by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us all together no matter where we come from. With the Holy Spirit, with uno in our lives, with one spirit, we can achieve this. But how does he do that? It's still a little tricky, you know, if I explain it to you. So I'm going to go into it. How do we become uno? How do we become one? We do it with one blood. One blood. Uno is a wonderful game, but it can get nasty, though. Like, have you ever gotten one of those plus four cards? <laughs> Man, those things are bad. 
they break relationships. I've seen friendships fall in front of my eyes with one of those plus four cards right there because you're so joyful. You're about to win. You just yell, Uno, you're ready to win. And someone, boom. The plus four card is like Satan of Uno, you know. It comes to kill, destroy, and steal your joy, you know. Like, oh, man. How do we recover from that? Some friends, I've seen that they go home and they're, they're really, really upset. They, they really get upset over games, you know. I'm one of those guys sometimes, you know, but, you know, Jesus has saved me. But uh, whenever it's with friends, it's different than whenever it's with your own kids. I play different the game when I play with my mini Mexican, the six-year-old, you know. She's so cute. She's a mini Mexican, you know. She's a fun-sized Mexican. So whenever I see her, whenever I'm playing with her, I don't want to destroy her, you know. I'm trying to avoid to pull those cards, you know. I'm playing with empathy because I am thinking, what will she feel if I play this way? So I try to play as nice as I can, and I understand, and I don't make fun of her. Well, sometimes, but I don't make fun of her at the end if I win or anything like that. You know what? Because she is my blood, because we are related it makes a huge difference. How do we get along with people? How do we come together? Not everyone comes back with a plus four. How do we come back when people have and had really damages with, with really painful stuff like a plus four in real life? Do you understand what I'm saying? How cultures of the world can come together after big offenses have happened. I'm going to tell you an example. In 2016, the soon-to-be president of the United States that represented our whole nation, my nation too, said something against my people. He pulled a plus four and said, and I quote, when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They are rapists. That was a statement. This doesn't represent me, and I am not telling you, I'm not standing here to tell you that I'm angry about it. But it does represent my people, and it was something that was said against my people. The president of the United States said something against my people. We celebrate this weekend. We went to the parade and everything to celebrate June the 10th, right? That is the emancipation of a whole group in our country that had to be emancipated from slavery. Do you understand that? That's a major plus four. How do we get back from those things? We do that whenever we can see people like I see my mini Mexican. Whenever we can share the same blood. Look at this, Colossians 1.20. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through what? Through his blood shed on the cross. 
The blood of Jesus is the one that reconciles everything. Blood is something that allows us to come back and spring back with our family no matter what they do. You say, they are my blood. It's something that weighs. It's heavy. It brings you back in moments, in pivotal moments. My dad got sick after years of abandoning his family. And my brother and I, we stood by his bed and prayed with him and helped him. You know what? Not because he was nice to us growing up, because he was our blood. The blood of Jesus now has saved all of us and has cleaned all of us. And through him, now, now, we can come together. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 10, there's a story, a story that brings all people together. Acts chapter 10, when this happened for all of us. You hear uh, Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, right? We all heard that. Holy Spirit comes, all nations there. But there was one problem. There was no people like you and me yet there. All the people there, if you read it, they were all Jews. They were not Gentiles like you and me. Definition of Gentile is literally anyone that is not Jewish. Regular bacon-eating people like you and me. Right? The Holy Spirit had come for all the nations, but it didn't come for people like you and me. But there is another story where this happens. I'm going to tell you this story in the New International Abbey version, okay? It's a whole chapter. So if I read it, I'll be here all day with my English. So I'm going to try to tell you the story. It's in Acts 10. Go read it. Go check it out for yourself. But this is the story of two guys. This is Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius, strike me if he was a color, as the color red. Why does he strike me as a color red? He was in the army. He was a sergeant, the equivalent to a sergeant right now. He was strong. He paid taxes. He made money. He was concerned with his country values and how to empower the country. He went to war. He was trained to do war. Then the other guy, Peter, strikes me a little bit more like blue because he was walking around worried about social injustice and people, you know, and he was kind of hippie and he was unemployed and stuff like that. This guy, Peter and Cornelius, by the Holy Spirit, get a vision, both of them. And this brings them together. This is what happens. Cornelius hears God, sees God, sees an angel telling him, come and ask for Peter. Bring him right here. Peter, he's on a rooftop at the moment. You know, Chris talked about it last week about the side effects of having the Holy Spirit. But he didn't tell you about this one. Do you know that you can trip on the Holy Spirit? Peter was on a rooftop. Read it in Acts 10. Peter was on a rooftop, and it says that he gets like in a trance. The guy was tripping, <laughs> and he's super hungry. So he got like the Holy Spirit munchies or something like that. Super hungry. They're preparing his food while he's like in this vision, and this trance. And in this trance, he sees the heavens open. And then he sees a sheep that comes down from heaven. And there's all kinds of animals on, on top of this sheep. There's lizards. There's birds. There's four-legged animals. I imagine maybe a pig or two or something like that. Yummy. 
Everything was there, and he was super hungry and was looking at this vision. And he hears a voice that he interprets that is God, and God tells him, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. Peter is right away, he gets thrown out, and he's like, oh, no, I'm not eating that, man. Uh, I only eat Chick-fil-A, the Lord's chicken, you know. Because Jews didn't eat that kind of animal, you know. Actually, God told them not to. So God is telling him, get up, kill, and eat. And he's like, I have never done that, Lord. And I will never do that because those animals are impure. This happens three times. God tells him, this, don't call impure something that I have clean. He gets out of the trip, you know. And he's like, what was that? What, what was God trying to tell me with all of this stuff? By the time that he gets out of this, someone comes and says, hey, there's this guy, Cornelius, that has sent for you. But the guy is a Gentile. Everyone was kind of scared because Jews and Gentiles didn't mix. You know why they didn't mix? Because of the plus four card. Romans were oppressing the Jews. This other guy was the enemy and represented everything that they didn't believe in. They didn't follow God. But they follow up by saying, this guy is a just, fair, God-fearing guy. Every Jew likes him, you know, and he's generous and everything. But by that time, Peter already had the vision. So he says to them, I'll go. Let's go. Cornelius gets all the people in this house, his family and friends, all Gentiles. And then Peter proceeds to say, I understand that what God told me is that I shouldn't call something unclean that he has clean. You know how we get clean? We get clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. And in that moment when everyone in the room heard this story, the Holy Spirit filled for the first time people like you and me finally representing all nations. Everyone got filled and got baptized in that day by the power of the one blood, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We get to be uno by the power of the blood, but we also get to be uno by one word. Uno is a beautiful thing, though. Whenever you play uno, you don't need to know how to speak the language of the other person that you're playing with. Have you realized that? Uno is all about color, you know? There's all these beautiful colors and then symbols, numbers. But there's only one word you need to know to play the game, and that word is uno. If you know that one word, then you know what's going on. You know, someone's about to win, I have to attack. Or I'm about to win, let me say uno, I have to celebrate. One word, one simple word can bring people together around the table and have the time of their lives. If you don't believe me, go outside and play with someone that does, doesn't speak your language but knows uno and the word uno. And you have a blast without even knowing what the heck they're saying. They might be making fun of you. You will never know. But you're going to be both laughing. <laughs> because you know one word. I don't know if people realize how much words have an impact in our life. One word can bring so many people together around the table for joyful moments, for beautiful moments. But you, that power is not something random. 
That power is something that is embedded in us by God. Look, look, look at this right here. Let's read um, John chapter 1, 1 to 3. Everyone knows this. John chapter 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were what? Were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Do you understand that? God literally spoke into existence our reality. Reality comes through words. And in our lives, reality is not only shaped by words, but it reflects our current reality. Our future changes with our words. And our day-to-day is expressed through words. Let me give you a quick example. I know I've been talking a lot. There's, there's this thing in my country that um, we have words that you don't have. But I won't bore you with that. I'll, I'm going to go with something that you know. You know the word accountability, right? Beautiful concept, right? You get to be there with people, keep them responsible, check back on them. They get to check back on you. You're in a relationship kind of thing, you know, where, where you know what's going on and, and, and you help them, right? This word doesn't exist in Spanish. So whenever I try to explain it to someone, I have to say like a long, long sentence just to explain accountability, you know. And I, that got me thinking, I'm no expert in linguistics, you know. I, I'm not there, but I have a theory. Why this word doesn't exist in Spanish? Most Hispanic countries, including where the language started, they are a very communal sense of community. They are a very communal sense of family. So... In Latino families, you live like with nine cousins, two uncles, <laughs> you know, your mom, your dad, and they're all nosy. <laughs> they all know what's going on in your life. They all know what you're doing, what you're not doing. Do you already pick that up? Do you already pass? How, how was school? You know, they're like on you all the time. There is no space for a word for accountability because our court. Culture and self is already accountable without even saying it or without even doing anything else. You need a word for accountable. Because some, some of you live like miles and miles away from your family or you called them a long, long time ago, right? It, there is not such a community feel right there. We don't. But conversionally, it also makes a problem. Whenever we try to train new generations to be healthy and accountable, there is no word to speak that into reality. Therefore, we are not good at that, at teaching it, at passing it. You see, the word reflects our current reality, and it will shape our future reality. Words have that power. Let me give you another example, and maybe this one hurts. If you're on one side of politics, huge, great, make great things, prosper, money, all of this power, war, all of these words can speak directly into your reality because you live in a reality of wanting to make a greater environment here. That speech, that right there, the power of words spoken to your reality but if you're on the other side 
health care, justice. You hear the words? The words, health care, justice. This stuff speaks into the reality of people that they are being persecuted, that they don't have enough, that health care is necessary because they don't get things done. We are divided by words because they speak into the reality that we're living. If you are prosperous and you have health care and you have enough money and you're paying your tax and everything's good in your life, you're not going to care about this unless you have Jesus. You know, but you're not normally caring about these things if everything's going good. It's not calling you because the words are not speaking into your reality. But if everything's going wrong, these words really, really matter to you. Or if that's your reality, if you know someone or you live in that neighborhood. Words talk about our realities. But there is one word that has been given to all of us that when inserted into our lives, changes the way that we interpret reality. It's no longer polarized red or blue, left or right. There is a better prosperous time. There is a better, a better future. But there is as well the interest of Christ for the poor and for, the, uh, for all nations. Now, through Christ, we have a different, different reality. Now through Christ. Philippians 2, 10, 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and in earth, under the earth. And every tongue acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Through the name of Jesus, all nations bow. And they no longer bow to our own interests and to our own realities. We are bowing to the reality of Christ. What does he want? What is the kingdom of God all about? My agenda becomes his agenda. One vision. Una. Uno. In this vision that I was telling you of Peter's trip. I, I got stuck, I have to confess. Whenever I read this, I couldn't stop thinking about this picture. And I had to go investigate the word sheep given right there in Acts 10. The heaven opens, and this, this beautiful sheep comes down where the animals are sitting on top. This sheep, the translation for this word is fine linen. This word, they, it's only used in this, uh, this story. They don't know where it comes from. But the closest translation to it is fine linen. This is what priests will wear. This is what holy things will be clothed in. But you know what? Linen also makes a great canvas. God is literally putting down a vision for Peter for the world. And it's his work of art. He's putting a canvas on earth to give us one vision of what everything would look like. Every nation coming together. People that didn't mingle with each other coming together at the same time. 
loving each other. He's given us one vision. I would like to ask you, do we have the same vision? That our church reflects how heaven looks like. How heaven would look like. If every knee shall bow, if every tongue shall proclaim that Jesus is Lord, doesn't mean that people from all over the world will be up there, right? Take a look around here and tell me sincerely if you think this represents what heaven would look like. If this gives us and paints the same vision that God has given Peter, where all nations all cultural backgrounds, everyone comes together. In Genesis, we read that God says that he made humans, humanity, to his likeness. But have you noticed that we all look different? Right? So the question will be, does God look like you or does God look Mexican? Right? In reality, God makes us all to his likeness. And what this means to us is that we cannot see the fullness of the image of God in our church without the representations of all cultures and all tongues in this place. We need to see everyone in the room to be able to experience the fullness of God. How can we truly understand salvation if the gospel came to us in a place that we didn't need saving? When we meet people that literally the gospel saved their lives, gave them something to eat, built them a city, running water, then the gospel makes sense to you and me to understand the gospel of salvation, Jesus Christ, the Savior. How can you understand, how can I understand the justice of God whenever I haven't suffered injustice? Being just persecuted for the way that I look or I am. When we have people in this room that have experienced that, then we can learn through them what the justice of God looks like. How can we learn how to be generous in prosperity in good times if we have never had that experience until we have someone that has lived like that and has been faithful in richness? We cannot understand how that looks. We think we understand, but we don't truly know in our hearts in order for us to understand and see all the beauty of God. In order to see this beautiful painting that God has lowered down to the earth for us to see, we need to be uno. We need to have all cultural backgrounds. That's why we're building Vineyard Español. That's why we went to the parade and to the festivals, and we're going to the Latino festival and to every other thing that we can that is multicultural because our church wants to experience the fullness of the image of God. Do you want to experiment that? Do you want to experience that? Do you want that for your church? Amen. Right? Let us go. Holy Spirit, come.
as we come together, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit fill us this day. Fill, fill this room, Holy Spirit. Empower us, Lord. Give us the vision that you have painted for Peter so we can see you truly as you are. We ask that you fill our hearts with the desire of reaching everyone and building a church that is truly multicultural, that is truly in one spirit. We know that it's possible by one word, name of Jesus, and for his blood, one blood that was spilled for us, for all of us. We know that you have given us one vision. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you today embed that in our hearts and in our church so we can truly be your dream that all nations and all times will possess the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we say, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me.